Yesterday, I spent the first time for this year in my backyard. It was just so nice, right? I mean, Easter Sunday was the next day. The sun was out. Uh, I actually saw my neighbors for the very first time as they were cleaning also their backyard, as the other neighbors were cleaning their backyard. And uh, I know this may be giving away a little bit too much information. TMI is what they call it. Is that right? Is that what the cool kids say? Uh, And um, all winter long, we have two dogs. They also spend time in the backyard. And so we spent most of the time just cleaning up from about four or five months of them uh, spending time in the backyard. Is that TMI? Every, some of you were shaking your head up, up and down like, yeah, that's us too. And then other of you were shaking your head this way in judgment. <laughs> Things uh, are new. Springtime, Easter for many of you, I'm sure you have uh, family traditions that celebrate the newness of spring and the newness of Easter. Uh, Maybe this is the the time of year that you take the the flannels that you have and they go in the plastic bin and you bring out the pastels. I would say from where where, where I'm from in the Northeast, the shorts that you have, they come out as well and and then you start to put away maybe like the sweatpants and so forth. And I, I think you Midwesterners, you've got it all mixed up. You wear shorts all year long. I don't know what's wrong with you. It's unbelievable. Newness. When we talk about Easter, even maybe coming in today, there was just something different in the air, and there's this special feeling. It's Easter Sunday, and we know that the, the, the stone was rolled away from the tomb, and Jesus is risen, and he's continuing to be risen. I love what Denise said, resurrection power, even in our own life. And I want to share with you a very similar story. It's the Easter story. In Matthew chapter 28, and verse 1, it says... Early in the morning, or on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning. It's almost like the writer, Matthew, here is writing this poetic beginning of Easter Sunday. New day dawning. Can you almost like picture it like an Easter postcard? The sun is rising. You know, the temperature's probably risen a good 15 to 18 degrees. It's just beautiful out. And I kind of get that feeling when I read those first words of that verse of, as we're about to get into the Easter story, but there's more to that verse. It says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. You see, for Mary and Mary Magdalene, who were followers of Jesus, they didn't feel like it was a new day dawning. It was a new day dawning. Something exciting had happened. But for them, they were going to visit a tomb. Mary and Mary Magdalene and others of Jesus' followers had expectations of who Jesus was and how he was going to change their life. You ever had expectations on Jesus before? You ever thought, like, if I'll follow Jesus or if I go to church on Easter, or maybe if I just throw up a prayer every once in a while, maybe my life would be changed, or maybe you went to church as a kid, and as you went to church as a kid, you thought that by going to church and by following Jesus, that things in life would just work out differently 
for you than other people that didn't. And then life caught up. And that relationship that you thought you would have forever broke. That job that you thought was going to make all your dreams come true either fell through or maybe promises that were promised became undelivered. Maybe you've had a wayward son or a wayward daughter and you thought by raising them right that everything would just work out. We have a saying here at Hamilton Hills, if you're new, we say life is messy. Everyone is welcome and anything is possible. And we love to live into that anything is possible, right? It's that hope. It's anything is truly possible. And then if you live long enough, life's expectations oftentimes don't meet who you think God is. In fact, the, the writer Tyler Staten writes this in one of his books. He says, there will come a time when your understanding of who God is will not match your experience of life. This thing about the goodness of God, is he good? You ever seen those t-shirts before? God is good. And then, you know, like Denny said, he is risen. He is risen indeed. God is good all the time. Is he though? All the time. If God was good, why did my mom get cancer? If God was good, then why did that relationship not work out? If God is good, why am I in the financial strain I'm in when I've been doing everything in my power to make it work? Is God really good? We know the rest of the story. We know what's about to happen in just a couple of verses, right? The stone's going to be rolled away. Jesus isn't there. He is risen and resurrection power. But for many of you in here this morning, I know I'm speaking to you this morning where life has taken a turn that you never thought would happen. And God, even though you may believe in him, you're wondering if he is really good. A new day is dawning, it seems like, for everybody else. And as you get on Instagram, this person's family looks perfect. And this person over here looks happy. And this person over here is posting about this and posting about that. But for you, you're visiting a tomb. Your expectations did not turn out the way that you thought they would. One of the accounts of the gospel, this is Matthew's account. There's four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In Mark, we actually see a little bit of the conversation that Mary and Mary Magdalene have on the way to the tomb. And I find it kind of amusing and a little bit humorous because even though it wasn't for them, they're in a state of mourning. Uh, Expectations hadn't worked. Uh, They thought that Jesus was going to be this Messiah that would get rid of the Roman rule in their country, that, uh, uh, that there would be healing and there would be no more sickness and sin would go away and things would go back to the way that they used to be previous long time ago. And they were looking for a king to fix the problems in their life. But life had continued to be messy. Now they had lost their savior and they were on their way to the tomb. And on the way to the tomb, they start talking amongst each other and they look at each other and they say, hey, um, we didn't really think this all the way through. Who's going to roll the stone away? They're halfway to the tomb because when we're in an emotional state, because we are human beings, 
oftentimes we don't think things all the way through. And we just think, well, maybe things will work out or I'll move the stone myself while they're walking. This is, this is, this is what I love. While they're walking there, we see the story continue. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. They're not at the tomb yet. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. I love that. If I was an angel, I would have done the same thing. Rolled the stone aside, thunder, lightning, this great moment, and gone, did it. Sit on the stone. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and fell into a dead faint. I would have gone, done like this, like... Again, if I was the angel, I'm not saying the angel did that. Then the angel speaks to the women when they show up. He says, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus. I don't know who invited you today. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what drew you here, but I can say in confidence whether you know it or not, inside of all of our DNA, we are looking for a Savior. We're looking for something to bring us out of life's messiness. We're looking to something to fill the void inside of us. That hopelessness that rests inside, the peace that is not there. We're all looking for Jesus and the angel says to these women who are not going to celebrate, they're not going to say, woohoo, we serve an awesome risen Savior. They are walking in mourning. The expectations of who Jesus was and what he would do did not happen. They were searching. The angel says to the women, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Verse 6, he says the famous words, he isn't here. Now the angel here is a messenger of the Lord, and I think he's gotten a little bit of an attitude here. First of all, he's had a great day, right? He's rolled a stone aside. He's got Roman soldiers fallen, you know, sitting on the stone. And Mary and Mary Magdalene come up, and while they come up, he's telling them, He's not here. And why is he a little bit perturbed? He says it this way. He's risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. Like, come on, Mary and Mary Magdalene and all the followers of Jesus who have now deserted and gone back to their old lives. He's saying, he said this was going to happen. He said that he was going to die. And he said that after he died on the third day, he would rise again. Guys, he said it even more than one time. And I don't know about you, I'm not an angel, I'm a human, but I can still be, look at Mary and Mary Magdalene and the rest of the followers and go, how are, how are you surprised? And here's why. They're humans. <laughs> We're human beings and when life gets messy, we quickly lose faith. We can quickly have doubt. You, me, all of us. When things don't go the way that we thought they would, When life's expectations of what the Christian life we think should look like doesn't work out, oftentimes we show up not to where the living are, but to where the dead would be. So what do we do? We go back to that old relationship. 
We try to make things that didn't happen before that were broken and we try to piece them together ourselves. We try to make life perfect the way that we should see it. We start living into the purpose we thought we were going to have one day. We thought we would have this amount of children. We thought that we would have this job. We thought that our children would turn out this way. I thought my marriage would be complete. I thought, I thought, and we work to try to put together the perfect life. And the problem is, as the angel said, Jesus isn't with your dead expectations. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said it would happen. Come see where his body was lying. We oftentimes look for things where we lost them. When um, I'm at my house, and the rare time that I lose my keys, maybe once a year, I actually can't even remember the last time that it happened, probably yesterday. <clears throat> and when I ask my wife, hey, Denise, where are my keys? Do you know where she says they are? Right where you I have a wallet, and inside my wallet, I have one of those tiles to help me find my wallet. The problem is I've washed my wallet so many times that the tile will work on my phone, but it'll just give me the general location. It won't, it won't longer beep anymore. And so I'll walk around my house with my phone looking for my wallet. Hey, babe, Denise, do you know where my wallet is? It's where you left it. <laughs> as humans you know where we look for things that we lost we try to find them where we left them but that's the natural way Jesus is supernatural oftentimes where our dreams were broken or where we lost we go back to the old way in fact that's what Peter and six other disciples did after Jesus had died he picked up his fishing nets, and the Bible says they went a-fishing. They went back to their old life, the way that they used to provide for themselves. Here's Mary and Mary Magdalene looking for Jesus, not where he was. And then the angel continues. He tells them where Jesus is. And whenever I was reading through this, I was thinking, man, there's got to be some like really incredible thing that Jesus is going to say. Like he's not here. He's risen from the dead. He's in all of his glory. Look, boom, there he is. You know? No, he actually says, now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. He's not here. He's in Galilee. So I started looking at why was he on his way to Galilee? What was Jesus doing in Galilee? Well, what he was doing was he was gathering all of his followers where he had spent most of his ministry in Galilee, collecting them all together, his disciples, and he was going to give them their final instructions, but not just final instructions, a brand new purpose. He says, 
later on in Galilee with his disciples around. He says, go therefore into all the world and preach the good news, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What he was doing with his disciples, he's saying, you watched me for three and a third years perform miracles, share the good news, do the good works, and now it's your turn. He was giving them a new purpose. Mary and Mary Magdalene were going to the tomb where dead things were, but yet there was a new purpose that God wanted for them to release them within his spirit to show them that they could do the same things that he had done because he was now living inside of them. He wasn't in the tomb where dead things were. He was where their new purpose was going to be found. I don't know why you're here today. I don't know where your life has led you and to what point it has led you, but can I tell you that Jesus isn't here. He's where your new purpose will be found. So what do Mary and the other Mary, I almost feel like that's a law firm, Mary and Mary, we should call them. (laughs) The women ran quickly from the tomb in verse eight. They were frightened, but also filled with what? Great joy. Can I tell you this, side note, when God gives you a new purpose, it will be a little bit frightening, but it will also give you great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and immediately reminded them of how incredibly ignorant they were that they should have remembered that he was going to raise from the dead. And greeted them. One of my favorite things as a parent, one of the things that I would even say when I was a teenager that I looked forward to, I wanted to do so bad, was when my offspring were given instructions by me and didn't heed those instructions, and then after not heeding those instructions, felt the consequences of not heeding those instructions. I could not wait to be able to say, Jocelyn, I told you so. It is one of the greatest gifts that we have as parents. Because in that moment, you know I'm right. How does that make you feel? Like a king, like a queen. You know, you finally are smarter. And all those times that you had to take it when you were a kid and your parents who were probably, you know, a a little hard on you, right? But now we get to be hard on them. We find this so often with Jesus and I think we get it wrong where we liken Jesus to our parents and we think that when Jesus is calling us into a new purpose and we have disobeyed his calling or we have disobeyed him or we have messed our life up, Sometimes people have messed our life up, but but a lot of times we're the ones that have messed things up. And we think that when he's calling us and he comes to greet us with this new purpose that he will shame us or guilt us or tell us how terrible of a person or I told you so. No. Jesus meets you here and he greets you. He doesn't say I told you so. He says, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a new purpose. He's not here. 
He's where your new purpose is. And as they went, Jesus meets them and greets them, which is Jesus's part. So if you can imagine in this moment, Jesus is telling you, I'm meeting you and greeting you. And what you need to do is not try to resurrect that old dream, not try to resurrect that old purpose, not try to resurrect what you think life should be, but instead I'll give you a new purpose. And so what Mary and Mary Magdalene needed was not a resurrection of what they thought Jesus should give them, but instead an encounter with Jesus himself. In fact, you cannot get a purpose from Jesus without encountering Jesus. Jesus' part was meeting them and greeting them. And then I love the last part of this verse. It says, they ran to him. They ran to him. Can you imagine? Their expectations are broken. Life didn't turn out. Then this angel gives them new hope. Can it be true? Start walking down the road to Galilee to find out their new purpose. And as they're on their way to their purpose, Jesus doesn't wait for them to get to Galilee. Instead, he meets them on the road. They see him. There's my Savior. He did do exactly what he said he would do. I didn't think he could, but he did. They grasp his feet. And what was their response to their encounter? Worship. You know why it may be hard for you in this season to worship Jesus? It might be because you haven't encountered him. When you encounter Jesus and you realize who he is and that he's not shaming you or guilting you, but instead asking you and inviting you into the table, inviting you into the family, our response can't be, I'll see you next Easter. Our response should be running to him, falling at his feet, and worshiping him. Jesus is not just the man upstairs. He's not just someone we put on pastel colors for. He's the king of the universe. The Bible says right now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, ruling his hair white as snow, fire in his eyes. That Jesus, powerful Jesus, lowered himself to become a man to fulfill what you and I could never fulfill. And then even though he said, he could say, I told you so, he invites us in. There's so much more I could say than with Peter. He invited Peter and Peter denied him three times and then he invites him into the fire and says, hey, have supper with me. Didn't shame him. But the response on our part is not just, wow, what a beautiful thing that Jesus does. Our response has to be running to him, falling at his feet and worshiping him. With work, right where you're at, would you stand with me? With heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe even as a sign of worship, if you just kind of take your hands like this and put them out in front of you. I'm going to lead us through 
a prayer. And right where you're at, with who you are, with all of your brokenness, with all of those busted dreams, busted relationships, with all that you thought Jesus was going to be, would you release that to him right now? I know you may not feel anything special right now, but we need to ask Jesus for an encounter. Father, in this moment we encounter you. We don't just thank you for what you did on the cross, what you did in that grave and raising from the dead because it's just part of our tradition and we get on to our food and to our Easter egg hunt, but right here in this moment, we need you. There are broken people. I am a broken person. We don't have the answers. And Father, even as a pastor, sometimes I sit here and I wonder if what I'm doing is good enough and I try to move the pieces around myself for my expectation of you to fit and sometimes I just need to fall at your feet and be with you. Can you feel him? Can you feel him, wayward son, wayward daughter? Can you feel him in this moment? He's calling to you. He wants to give you a new purpose. He wants to give you a new life in him. Sure, he's thankful that you're here today, but he's not so interested in your church attendance, your Easter attendance, or your Christmas attendance, or whether you're coming back next Sunday. He doesn't care about that. What he cares about is you. He wants you. Father, if there's anyone in here that just needs you, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you'd say, Pastor Matt, that's me. Right now, I want to give my heart to him. My heart belongs to Jesus, and I've been running. I've been trying to fix things in my life my own way, but today, I surrender that. With no one looking around, I won't call you out. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. That's me. Yeah, I see that hand all over. Yeah. If you'd pray something like this in your heart, Father, I give you my brokenness. And all I have to offer is my heart and my worship. I have nothing that's worth anything, but I give it to you. I give you my allegiance. Thank you, God, for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen.